Hello, I am absolutely delighted that you've tuned in to my brand new podcast, What's Next? Conversations with Boomers. I'm Barb Demeray. Who is Barb Demeray? First of all, I was born in the mid-50s, which makes me a baby boomer. We are the ones who were born after World War II, the ones who remember where we were when JFK died, the ones who remember Woodstock, the ones who watched the Jackson 5 on the Ed Sullivan Show, so remember when Michael Jackson was a little boy. And we all remember when Neil Armstrong landed on the moon in 1969. And we remember when Martin Luther King died. Dr. Martin Luther King, the apostle of nonviolence in the civil rights movement, has been shot to death in Memphis, Tennessee. We had the Supremes, the Rolling Stones, the Eagles, Led Zeppelin, the Doors, the Who, the Beach Boys. And of course, the Beatles. Our parents listened to Judy Garland, Sammy Davis Jr., Bing Crosby, Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. Can come true, it can happen to you if you're young. At We're home. also the generation that didn't grow up with seatbelts, and our parents smoked cigarettes, drank whiskey, and had cocktail parties. Also, most of our moms stayed home and did all the domestic chores, and dads went out to work. There was no such term as stay at home mom. I am not going to say that those were the, quote, good old days. That's just the way it was. Many of us in this demographic are parents of adult children who have grown up and are now leading their own lives and no longer dependent on us. Also, a large percent of us have cared for aging parents who have passed on. Many of us have retired or are moving in that direction, and a lot of us have found ourselves once again single after the death of a spouse or through divorce. So, what's next? First of all, a little bit more about me. I live in Vancouver, BC, married in 1985 to a man who was the custodial parent of his twin deaf sons. We met at a party in 1984 and married nine months later. And then we went on to have two children of our own, a daughter in 1987 and a son in 1989. I spent most of my working life working with families as a parent educator, speaker, and parent coach. I also taught sign language for over 30 years. In 2013, my husband Serge was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer and he died in 2017, which opened up a whole new life chapter for me. This was not the plan. I knew though my happiness was up to me and I was now on a path of self-discovery. Who am I without the influence of my life partner? In this podcast, I want to explore the realities of this phase of life through lighthearted, fun conversations with other boomers. 
We'll be discussing things like life during the 60s and how it differs from today, recreating a life as a single person, the role friends play in our lives, what new hobbies we've discovered, who's let their hair go gray and who's still dying it, parenting our adult children, and much more. For this first episode, I reached out to my very dear friend, Deb, who's been my bestie for 57 years. We had a great conversation about life back in the 60s. We grew up in the same town. We lived very close to one another. And we had a fun banter back and forth about what life was like during the during the 60s. We, realizing that there were many things that we can easily expand on. But have a listen. Okay, I have my very best friend, my BFF, which of course, you know, back in the 1960s, we didn't have such a term, but we've kind of caught on to that. Deb Pedersen. Uh, we have known each other since the 1800s. <laughs> Okay, Deb, how do why don't you share our story? How did how did we meet? <laughs> well, it's hard to even remember when we didn't know each other. It is. It is. Because we grew up in the same neighborhood, although you lived all the way down the hill. Right. A good 5-minute walk. A good, or 3. Or 3. And, you know, our parents, everybody knew each other and so but it was in grade 6. Yeah, when we were in Mr. Mr. Rudick. Rudick's class, yep. <laughs> that we really became good friends. So that would have been 1964, mm-hmm. correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. 1964. <laughs> <laughs> yep. King which, George V Elementary. When we think about life in the 60s, which, you know, now seems like a century ago. What? Or, what or half. Mm-hmm. Or half. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, if the truth were known, yeah. Um, what, what do you miss most about life in the 60s? You know, I, I know that we, in many ways, led a kind of a charmed, led charmed lives. Which we um, now call privileged, right? Which we would now call privileged. Mm-hmm. And so I know a lot was going on that I wasn't even aware of. But what I miss, or when I reflect back on those times, uh, it's a, it's the freedom. I felt like we lived our lives without the fear that people have nowadays of so many different things. And, you know, we were free to play outside and to play independently of adults and to explore our world and our community. And, you know, that that sense of just freedom and possibility was a wonderful thing to have, you know, as part of our growing up years. I would agree a hundred percent. I, you know, we just went out to play. Nobody said, where are you going? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you just waited until you were called to come home or, or you, you know, you went home when you were hungry. So we should say Prince George is in the central interior of British Columbia. If anybody's listened to this, that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> might not know Prince George, but I absolutely agree. And, and, you know, it's, it's just a different world right now. I don't think anybody just, you know, go out and play and, and you know, we'll see you when we see you. You know, when um, our next door neighbor and I were riding our tricycles, so we were probably three or four. 
road down our back lane and over to the high school that was, uh-huh. you know, near us. Yeah. And we were merrily riding our trikes up and down the sidewalk in front of the school. <laughs> and um, a student came out, a big boy, with a, a can of oil. And he oiled our wheels. Because I guess <laughs> as we as we rode our trikes, it was squeak, 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 squeak. But there was no, it's not like someone rushed out. Oh, my gosh, here's two little girls on their trikes. No. It was more you're disturbing our math class or something. I don't know. And <laughs> so, you know, that's just... There's a trike that needs oiling. Yeah. But there was no concern. And I'm sure our moms were busy doing the laundry. Yeah. They, yeah. You know, they didn't think a thing that they would look out the window and not be able to see us. Yeah, there was no... There was never any conversation about safety. No. And I I have a feeling that that's, that was not unique to us because we lived in a small town. Because when I have this kind of conversation with people that grew up in a city, like I knew many people that grew up in Vancouver, they had that same experience. You just Mm -hmm. went out to play and nobody questioned you. But just watching how parents parent now and how kids live their lives, you know, obviously there was recklessness in our childhood. (laughs) You know, it's a miracle that um, then many times we fell off our bikes that, you know, we didn't get a brain injury or you know, riding around in cars without seat belts and all the crazy stuff that was done. But I think we've over overcorrected in the way par- kids are being parented now. And one of the things that I, th- I think is missing is that ability as a kid and a group of kids to solve a problem on your own without an adult. Like there weren't a lot of times when people went running for their parents. Often it was, oh my God, don't tell my mom that that, that happened. We've got to figure this out. Whereas now, I think, I I wonder how much independent resourcefulness and resilience kids have, because there's always somebody there to solve the problem. So, you know, I wonder what's that doing to kids' own problem solving and resourcefulness. You know, Chloe, my daughter, because she thinks I'm a little bit free range with Mm. our granddaughter. But I think it's okay to let kids figure it out. I absolutely agree. And and I really like your term of overcorrecting. And I I really agree. We've we've sort of gone the other extreme. And I think so. And yeah, I, I mean parents just intervening with absolutely everything. And you wonder, you know, what as you say, what what is that doing to our kids? Um, you know, and this in our, our grandchildren, I guess, their ability to problem solve on their own. I mean, we just we just figured it out. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as I'm listening to you talk, Deb, I, I'm thinking, you know, we've caught on to the new terms, free range, <laughs> like free range. <laughs> free range. And even the term parenting, who no, I mean, we, there was no such thing as you didn't, nobody's talked about parenting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that we you had your your mom and dad and and I guess they raised you but th- that just wasn't a term parenting yeah as yeah. as a verb and so so what are your fondest memories I have lots of very fond memories at, at our cabin at the lake mm. I have a one really funny memory that just sticks in my mind I was probably maybe in grade four and I got these beautiful red patent leather go-go boots. <laughs> Mella, do you know about go-go boots? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very stylish. <Yeah>. Extremely. 
So I was trying them out outside on our front sidewalk. And a couple of kids who were a little bit older than me were walking up the hill and they were going up to Carla's house to listen to a new record that she had. <laughs> it was Last Kiss. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Oh, God. Uh, I remember when it we came were out. out on a date in my daddy's car. car. We hadn't that. driven very far. Hey, we all knew the words, every word. Every right? word. Yeah. So would I like to come? So I went. <laughs> yeah, That's so funny. Go-go boots. You know what? It made me think about, you know, the clothes that we wore that are, that are repeated now, but they're under different. So what we used to call pedal pushers right. are, are, are now. What, 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 well, they're capris or capris, capris, yeah. capris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bell bottoms. Bell they became bottoms. flares. Mm-hmm. Cut offs. What are what are cut offs now? I don't know. Shorts or I think they're like (laughs) I think they're still cut offs. Yeah. Yeah. Or or Daisy Dukes. Daisy Daisy Dukes. Dukes. Uh Oh. Oh. Yeah. I don't remember when that came along. Do you know you were talking about, you know, your cabin at the lake and um you know it was absolutely nothing for people to have. So many people had cabins at the lake. Where where now that would be, you know, definitely in the privilege category. Mm-hmm. Cabins and stuff were so affordable, especially where we live, because the population was small. So when we uh, were growing up, it was kind of a key time in, in Prince George, because in the 50s, the focus there was, has, was always on the lumber industry. But in the 60s, they built two pulp mills there. And what resulted was this huge influx of people to work there and the town expanded tremendously mm-hmm. but prior to that time affording a cabin on a lake you know within a half an hour of prince george was nothing yeah and we never thought oh my gosh they're so lucky they have a cabin i mean everybody had one you know of course this is another reality of our time is that you know there was no such term as stay at home moms everybody's mom was home your mom went back to work when you were in grade 7 yeah. right which was unusual God, it was earth shattering for us. (laughs) I remember there was a boy who lived up a little further up McBride Crescent from us, whose mom worked in one of the hotels downtown, the Simon Fraser or something. Uh And it was just the, and he was kind of friends with Derek. They used to play together some. Derek's Deb's brother. And uh, I just thought it was the weirdest thing that she would have be gone to work. His mom was gone to work. (laughs) Yeah. Well, well, it was. It just, it just was not the norm at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, you went home after school, and your mom was there, mm-hmm. and you know, your mom was always around, and your mom socialized with other moms, and and dads went to work. It it was so different. We're not saying it was better. It was worse. It was just the way it was. Your parents at that time were not people that you really became friends with. They were your parents. They were, you know, your caretakers, they were your guide, they were your, you know, they provided for you. Your strong relationships were with your friends. It was a more um, utilitarian kind of relationship. Although I will say that, um, so mom went back to work when I was in grade seven, and she was a teacher. And she had taught before she got married. 
and then went back to work. And then she decided that she would get her degree because she had a teacher's certificate, but you could go back and get a university degree. And I guess she made more money that way. So off she would go to Vancouver to, to UBC for six weeks or something in the summer and take however many courses she took. And that brought about quite a shift in my relationship with my mom, hmm. because I don't think she was necessarily the happiest. And when she went to university and she just, you know, met all kinds of different people and started learning new ideas and having these interesting discussions and what have you, it made her more relaxed and more open, I think. And so that coincided with my adolescence. And obviously there were some fairly testy times between mom and I. The time she spent at university, I felt like made a real difference and improved our relationship. Wow. Mm -hmm. I never had a bad relationship with my mom, but it changed, of course, when I became an adult. And then it changed again when I had children. What do you think would be the worst part of our era? If there was something that, you know, gosh, that that, that wasn't good. And I'm glad we don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, one thing that's concrete is smoking. Yeah. I just think, I can't even imagine how we lived our lives with everybody in the world smoking everywhere you went. Ugh. God. So I'm glad we don't have that. And, you know, some of it, I think is, it's stuff that I didn't even know at the time. But when I reflect and think about, you know, some of the terrible stuff that was going on that we didn't even know about, you know, I think about, you know, growing up in Prince George, where there were very few Indigenous people that we ever saw, and certainly never had in our lives, didn't know. And when you think that those kids were packed up and sent off to residential school. I just think, what a, how awful. I didn't know it at the time. I can remember when we would go to the parades and those kids from LeJac school would come and we'd think, oh, isn't that great? They're just wonderful. I didn't know they were essentially captured and taken away from their families and forced to live there. I mean, and I had absolutely no idea. Sexually abused, we find out later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe on a certain level, I had some awareness, but you know, really learned about it. It really has only been, I think, in the past maybe 20 or 25 years. Yeah, it's really shocking. I found it quite late too. And I'm like, I'm, I'm a millennial. So mm-hmm. um, I think I found out when I was like 25, like I didn't know what residential schools were. And that's a testament to how our education system has failed us because it was never taught in our schools. They had a different framing of um, Indigenous communities. Mm-hmm. in their history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nobody sat down with us and 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 pointed out that this just wasn't right. It was just something that was and we accepted it and nobody ever questioned. There were so many things that we didn't question. No. I mean, sexual assault. No. No. And you know, when I think back, I'm sure there was a lot happening and we never mm-hmm. talked about it. Nobody talked about it. It was this shameful secret that mm-hmm. probably mostly women carried or girls. Yeah, I, I would I would say that so many things were closeted. There were just sort of there were facts that were just that were just given. They were never questioned. They were never challenged in any way, certainly mm-hmm. not in the school system. Here we are in our 60s and we're still we're being educated about it now. I mean, these are things that that happened that occurred, you know, back in the 60s and 50s, that 
um, <clears throat> we had no idea of. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and the role of women too. Oh, oh you know, my gosh. I mean, it's uh, obviously we're of that generation where things changed enormously. But when you think of the limitations that were in place, remember when we were in high school, we couldn't wear pants. Of course. And if you, for some reason, wore pants, there had to be a very good reason, like you were leaving after school on a field trip or something like that. So you could go down to the office and get, remember that orange permission (laughs) card we had to pin (laughs) on our clothes to be in. (laughs) So we could wear wear pants. You know, I just, as you're talking, I'm thinking, this is a whole other podcast, the role of women. I mean, this is a, this is a huge, huge Mm -hmm. topic because, you know, the, the radical change in the role of women and yeah, that's a whole other conversation. My gosh. Yeah. So, so what was the best you think? The best best thing? thing? Penny candy was pretty great. The corner store. Three for one, three for one, three for one. Well, four four jujubes for a penny. Yeah. 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 And and that was another thing that we did on our own. We we, we just, you know, I'm sure we went down to the store and we were six, right? Mm. To go and get, to get, take our 10 cents and get a whole bag of candy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Three for one, four for one. To the corner store. Remember Mr. and Mrs. Pelche? Pelche. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And Mrs. Pelche. Peggy, Peggy Pelche, as my mom and dad would call it. Peggy, Peggy Pelche used to be a substitute teacher. Remember? Yeah, we all so had she, her as a substitute. Yeah. yeah. So she knew all the kids. Well, they knew everybody. So one time, my mom and dad sent us down to the store to buy a couple of packages of Export A <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> and for some reason, I thought it was my younger brother and I. And I thought it would be a good time to spend the change on some candy. So we did. <laughs> um, so the block and a half that we had to walk back home, by the time we got home, of course, mom and dad knew that we had bought the candy, despite Evidence. our efforts to eat it, uh-huh. because Mrs. Pelshi phoned. <laughs> <laughs> she, she tattled. She tattled. I just want you to know that Deb and Derek have been down here. They bought the, the export A and they spent the change on candy. <laughs> well, well, I remember going down to Pelche's often and uh, buying cigarettes. <laughs> You're seven. <laughs> Two packages of matinee, please. these things are just yeah it's hilarious as we're talking I'm thinking there are lots of topics to explore around this there are I feel like we've just brushed the surface yeah I mean music Music, politics politics clothes yeah food food I mean the different foods that we ate then that we don't have now I mean, do you have a do you, do you have a big jar of cheese whiz in your fridge right now? <laughs> well, I just think about you know we all ate bologna sandwiches. Absolutely. Do you remember my mom bought the the bologna in that big chunk? Yeah, and just cut it. a slice off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. Wait, Deb. This has been. I have to say, this has been really fun. It is fun. Yeah. Thanks so much. You're very welcome. 
So that wraps uh, episode number one. Uh, And I want to tell you right out of the gate, this would not be happening if it weren't for my wonderful producer, Mella. Are you there, Mella? I'm here. I've been here. Oh my gosh, what would I do? (laughs) Okay, she's trying to, you know teach teach a teach a baby boomer you know some of these tech things it's taken me a while anyway okay (laughs) so you listened to deb and i talk what stood out for you what was fun what was new what was crazy what was so what what stood out for you as a millennial listening to two boomers um i i found it wild that you would buy (laughs) cigarettes for your parents I found it wild that you can buy a bag of candy for 10 cents. Ah, yeah. And um, also, I'm really curious to hear what else you guys have to say about the roles of women and how that changed. And um, you were the the generation that sort of um, started it all. That paved the way for us and our, uh, our feminism to grow. Yeah, I'm thinking that that's a whole other episode is talking about the role of women. And when Deb started talking about mm-hmm. that, I thought, gosh, there's lots to say about that. Yeah. But all in all, I'm, I'm really, I just found it really endearing, like your relationship with with Deb and how long you guys have been friends. It's, it's a rare thing to have a friend that long, at least from my perspective. <laughs> It is. It's really, it's really special to both of us. And, you know, we have the kind of friendship where we won't, because she doesn't live here in Vancouver. She lives very close.